The reading this morning is from uh, John chapter 14, verse 15. And it goes to the end. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him if he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My grace, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me. But the world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Well, this morning we're going to have a little focus on the Holy Spirit. I have some questions here for you. Do you fully comprehend how incredibly important the Holy Spirit is for your life and salvation. This is the Holy Spirit that brought about the birth of Jesus Christ. It is the same Holy Spirit that resurrected the Lord Jesus Christ to life on the third day. And it is the same Holy Spirit God has given you to guide you and teach you to live in your heart forever question is I have is are we truly thankful when we know these things in our hearts but let us pray for true comprehension of what this gift is and how valuable it is to us let us pray our loving father we too come to thank you for all your gifts but most of all now lord we come to you to thank you for your holy spirit that he may live in us, guide us, teach us, and rebuke us, that we may listen to him, that we will adhere to his advice, 
and that we will come to understand that without him we are nothing. We come to you to pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to go back from last week. I'm going to bring back from last week some of the promises that we covered that Jesus made, promises that maybe to some will seem outlandish even, some say. In verse 12 in this chapter, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then on in verse 13 and 14, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Both of those promises are given under conditions that is set out by Jesus. It is not just a bland promise, but it has conditions. The first conditions is in verse 12. Jesus says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. That kind of is a condition, anyone who has faith. If you don't have faith, there is nothing happening. This condition speaks to the relationship that Jesus had with the Father that we are to have with him. Jesus has an unassailable faith and trust in the Father for the plan of salvation and the creation and everything else that comes with it. And it's within this framework we then also see what is Jesus has been doing, what he wants us, you and I, what we want to be doing for him because of what he did for us. We get a much better grip on this truth when we read verse 10. The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. It is the Father and the Son as a team that are doing these things for us. This is where you will find a connection between you and Jesus. And how he can claim He can promise indeed that you will do even greater things than these. As the Father is in Christ Jesus, so is God living in you. You have the Lord God, the Holy Spirit, as your personal guide, your personal counselor. And now, of course, that brings us to the second condition. In verse 15 this morning, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Now, there's a condition for you. If you love Jesus in the same way that Jesus loves the Father, you will also obey Jesus the way Jesus obeyed the Father. Stands to reason, doesn't it? And therein lies our problem. Let me take a minute to reflect on the relationship between love and obedience. There's a theologian that lives in the late 19th century, Alexander McLaren. He wrote about this particular verse. The principle that underlies these words is this. That love is the foundation of obedience, and obedience is the source outcome as a result of the love that Jesus had for the Father. In other words, that is what the outcome should be in our lives. Jesus' love for the Father is a godly form of love, whereas you and I really can't get to that sort of level of love due to the fact that we are so very, very human. And we know that Jesus 
We know that he was fully God, but he was also fully human. But for you and I to do even greater things, we need to be more like Jesus. So even if you aren't able to reach such lofty heights as what Jesus' love for God for God is, you are, of course, each one of you, are to strive and struggle to be better today than you were yesterday and better tomorrow than you are today. The world, the world has also managed over the years to even denigrate the word love to the point that they will have you believe that love is love. That was a war cry not, not, not far ago. And everything you do is fine as long as you don't hurt someone. Love is love, isn't it? That's the sort of teaching that happily then will allow for same-sex marriage. It will support even euthanasia, abortions, the killing of children, the unborn, and the list seemingly never-ending of what you can do as long as you don't hurt someone. The one thing the world will not accept is that with love comes responsibility. And that brings also accountability. Accountability to the Lord God, even if you don't recognize him as your Lord, you still stand accountable to him. To some, that will be a big surprise one day. After having been told you to be obedient and knowing your struggles with sin, then he makes this promise. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. This is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that will reveal the deeper truths of Jesus' teaching and without him you will not understand and likely also reject any such demands that's placed on you. And Jesus covers this aspect in the next verse. He said, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you knows him. If he lives with you, and he will be in you. If you have the Holy Spirit, you know the truth because it's been revealed to you. This is a fact of the matter. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are simply unable to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. The sheer presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart will plant a seed of love for Christ in you and cause you to want to obey him as much as you can in his power. But speaking of love, in connection with the Spirit, we can go to verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Let us just recall what Paul also writes about this, about the ungodly in Romans 3.11. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. See, was it not for God's mercy and grace in sending his Holy Spirit to live in you, to wake you up, you would never, ever want to be or seek God. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, you would be doing all you could to get away from the Lord as far as you could possibly go. But as it is, 
the Holy Spirit changes you. You will be born again as a child of God and you will begin to love him and you will grow to desire to be like him and to serve him, to serve him with the whole of life. And then you will know what the next promise then holds for you. In verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's a big promise. Jesus speaks of his imminent death, but also speaks of his resurrection at the same time. And at the same time, he refers to the fact that you too will be resurrected, and through his resurrection, that it is that we are able to be resurrected, that we will be lifted up to be with him in heaven when he returns. Because I live, you also will live. Verse 22. Then Judah said, Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and I will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. The words you hear here are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have taught you. There is, of course, a whole sermon even more on the Spirit alone. But today I'm going to look at the practical outworkings of knowing and acknowledging the deity of the Holy Spirit. If you don't recognize the deity, the holiness of the Holy Spirit, you will not rely on his work within you. You will foolishly rely on your own limited wisdom, your own limited ability to love your strength and resources and forfeit all that the Holy Spirit can provide for you. J.I. Packer also had some questions for you and I. Questions like, do you honor the Holy Spirit by recognizing and relying on his work? Or... Do we ignore him and thereby dishonor not just the Holy Spirit, but also the Lord God who sent him? In your faith, do you acknowledge the authority of the Bible, the prophetic Old Testament and the apostolic New Testament inspired by the Father? Do we in our personal witness remember that the Holy Spirit alone, by his witness, can authenticate our own witness to the world and trust him to do so and show show the world the reality of our trust just as men like Paul and Daniel did in their day. Is that what we do? All of these things are the sort of thing that we need to do when we are loving the Lord. Part of showing the world that we do love him, that we actually trust him Not just say so, but we show it by the way we live. And also, as Jesus told you in John 13, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It comes all the way back again and roundabout 
It is the love we have for Jesus that makes us trust him. And if we trust him, we will certainly love him. And just as they are about to leave the upper room on this evening, Jesus gives them this one assurance. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The very first words we had in chapter 14 reads, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me also. Considering the situation they find themselves in, and the imminent death, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, peace may not be what is on the minds of the disciples at that point in time. They are more worried about what's going to happen to Jesus or even themselves when he is crucified. But that is what Jesus wants them to have. He wants them to have peace, and that is what they should have. That is what you should have, knowing of him. It is also what you should have, even if you now live in a world that is in utter turmoil and filled with hate of God. We are living through a time the world is ravaged by pandemics again. And certainly a time when world leaders tries very hard, as hard as they possibly can, to usurp the authority of God. They want to take on the authority of God in their own way. They think they can heal the world. They think they can negotiate peace. And all they ever get is maybe a short truce. This is a time when we as Christians have the greatest opportunity to show the world our own love and trust in the Lord. When we are under greatest pressure, an increased attack on our freedom of faith, that is when we can show them what it means to live in peace. That does not mean capitulation to them to achieve a peace as the world understands it, but to show the world that we do not live in fear of them, but we live in peace given to us by Jesus Christ as he is just teaching us. I do not give you as the world gives. We need to understand what he has given us is true. Galatians 5.22 also tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, without the Holy Spirit, how could you expect to experience peace? You would not know Jesus, you would not know the Father, and you would not have any of the fruits of the spirits in your life. 28, verse 28. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me. But the world must learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. My dear brothers and sisters, this passage teaches us the incredible connection between God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. 
And as much as all prophecies and all promises and our eternal life with him cannot be with the whole of the triune God, it is the whole or nothing. For you and I, all this comes down to our recognition of the deity of God in the three persons of the Godhead. Our love and trust in the Lord and our willingness to forgo our own will mostly driven by our earthly desires. We know we are saved, but we also know they are still to be completed. We are saved, but not yet. We know that we have peace, but not yet. They are still to be completed. We also know that with great certainty that the world is not our home, that our citizenship, your citizenship, is in heaven, not here. And yet we know this is still to come, but we must all fully comprehend that we will not always have it the way we want it, but we will have it the way that God's plan is for you. We need to trust that the plan he has for you, no matter what he throws at you, is in perfect shape. Paul writes in Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That is a guarantee. Paul experienced that. He knew it. Let us focus on the necessary ingredient, that of trusting in God, focusing our minds and our hearts on him. That is what we need to do. If our attention is focused and the churning waves of the world is, we will be like Peter and we too will sink. If the world is our focus, we will lose. If your focus is firmly on Jesus, however, you will find yourself walking even on the stormiest of seas. You will be able to handle anything that comes at you. Can you today, as you sit there, can you lay claim to the words of Paul in Romans 8.38? For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all the creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you own those words in your life? Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Father, we do come to you to thank you. There are many things we still don't comprehend fully. But each and every day, Lord, as we read your word, we get more understanding. We get more wisdom through your Holy Spirit's guiding. We get more willing to listen to him, Lord. But indeed, it's all part of our sanctification to learn and to live and to come to a day where we'll be more like your son, like we were yesterday. And on the day that you bring us home, we will be perfect. It is a promise you have given, and it is our hope, and it is our, in our trust. We pray these things in the holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.